We're back. <laughs> This is Season 3 of Banter Over a Cigarette, the variety-style talk podcast where we discuss the things that interest us, amuse us, and piss us off, some of the latest news from gaming, entertainment, geek, and tech culture, as well as anything from the news we find fucked up. And as always, Banter Over a Cigarette is manned by your hosts, Eldon KR. I am the Rush Limbaugh of new media. Well, except for the pillars. Benjamin Weaver. Oh, what's your job, Ben? To sit in the corner and look cute and be funny. You fail miserably at all of them. Yes, I do. I'm a Capricorn. I'm single, and uh, I love books. And Kyle Gans. I've spent a very inanimate amount of time, I think four or five days, downloading 60 gigs of every episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Some or all of the episodes of Banter Over Cigarette may or may not contain offensive material, such as language. All I can say is what the fuck, man. Fuck CNN nuts. Token retard my ass, you fucker. Sexual themes and innuendo. Remember, more than five spins. Well, I'll let you figure that for yourself. Someone discovered chronic masturbation, and we might not see him for a while. Yeah, apparently he's discovered that men can have multiple orgasms as well. So, he'll be dry and sore and bloody soon. References to drug use and alcohol. We are going to do Jaeger bombs. And general rudeness. So if you're the kind of person who finds any of that offensive or can't handle hearing the word fuck a couple dozen times in the course of 45 minutes, I would suggest you turn this off right now. Yeah, but no one listens to that. That's why we post people off. But at least we've covered our asses, so let's get on with the show. It's time to fuck some shit up. Swine flu on the moon, and now health officials say the same virus that killed dozens in Mexico is also in the U.S. This is Patrick and Robin Henshaw. Their family has been hit hard by the swine flu. Good morning to you both. A swine flu outbreak in Fort Dix, New Jersey, occurred in 1976. that caused more than 200 cases with severe illness and several people and one death. Toilet. And don't leave your food out in the sun because you're spoiled. Don't try to catch some. 
Have you called me saying, "Oh my God, I broke my computer. What do I do?" Motherfucker, you're supposed to be. You're supposed to laugh that I'm not commenting about my con no contact with women. Fuck. Yeah. Oh well. What do I have to do? Damn it. Oh, by the way, I might get have an eye patch. I might Chicks dig eye patches. I might have a date this Friday, by the way. Just make sure you don't bring your mom on this one. <sighs> okay. Yes, you do. I'm not the one who took my mom on a date with me. I didn't. She set me up with somebody who was like four years older than I am. So... She thought I was immature. Your mom or your date? The date thought I was immature. Because you brought your mother with you! My mom and her mom were friends, you snot dick. So... By the way, lose the game! It, ha it hasn't been a half hour since you last yes, lost the game, has. has? Yes, it has. Ah, I lose the game. Fail. I go crawl under a rock and castrate yourself. No, because unlike you, I've actually used my testicles. Uh -huh, lefty and righty. Anywho, that opening song, I figured I would never have to play that song anytime soon or ever again because I thought this whole swine flu thing was over with when it got when it was when it, when it lost media coverage somewhere near the middle of the year but apparently this whole swine flu thing is back in the public eye again and people are going fucking crazy over it again it's all just fucking common sense people yes i'm not known to have good common sense but still that's another statement fuck you you wash your hands regularly don't scratch your ass and then lick it just follow some basic fucking safety rules and you'll be fine, damn it. Uh, but no, people are just, uh, according to Mr. Roth. Yeah, well, let's see. Alright, to put it into perspective for you, here are the following symptoms for H1N1. Fever, lack of appetite, sore throat, runny nose, coughing, nausea, Vomiting and diarrhea. I'll let that sink in for a minute. And now, here's the, f the, the following are the symptoms for the regular flu. Starting with fever, lack of appetite, sore throat, runny nose, coughing, 
nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. Yeah, I just repeated the same list of symptoms twice because H1N1 has the exact same symptoms as the regular flu. Well, let's think here. It has the word flu in it, therefore it would. Damn it. Well, I don't see why everybody's going fucking crazy over the swine flu thing. Because it, 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 it is no less harmless or more dangerous than regular flu. Because people are all up in fucking arms because it's supposedly something new. And it's they, they are not, not new. Because they're retards. The swine flu is not new. It's been around pretty much just as long as the regular new flu. In the, new in the last 30 years. No, what it is, is people should just stop watching the fucking news. Yeah. Honestly, seriously, if, if people just stop watching the news and shit every night, I'm pretty sure there would be a, a, a pretty steep decline of the amount of people who are on Prozac. Dude, I don't watch the news. I'm perfectly fine. Exactly! I blatantly refuse to watch the news, and... The only thing I watch the news for is weather, and that's it. And I get that from a fucking iPhone app. Exactly! I blatantly refuse to watch the news, and I haven't had a mental breakdown recently. Now, I might disagree with you on that. I've kind of had a mental breakdown, but I don't really know if I'm nuts or not. I just normally act this way. Well... By your by your statement alone, you're not you, you are not insane simply because you have the ability to question your own sanity. A crazy person has no need to question their motives because they they know that they're perfectly sane. You mean if you question your own sanity, you're then you're not sane. Okay. If 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 you, if you still obtain the cognitive abilities to question your own sanity, you're sane. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, the swine flu has the same exact symptoms as the regular flu. It's just as dangerous as the regular flu. Not that many people have died from swine flu. Everybody who's died in swine, of swine flu in the U.S. has either been small children or poor people who cannot afford adequate health care. And that's the same exact statistics with the regular flu. And now that I've covered that, Moving on to the reason why we haven't been doing shows lately. See, the episode, uh, the week where that sh uh, recorded short story posted, I couldn't get this guy here or Kyle to come over and do a show. I don't even think I got a hold of either one of you at all that week. So, I got my nemesis, Scott Roche, to join me on the recording track for our show. And... We sat down for mm, close to two hours and recorded a really awesome show, and Scott forgot to hit the record button. There we go, my nemesis trying to foil my plans yet again. So, to cover my ass, we decided to take one of his short stories and uh, record a narration, and, or a narration track and vocal parts to it, and we put that up on my feed. I was hoping that would have posted Monday, but Scott actually has commitments like a job and a family, so it took him a bit longer to put it together than we'd hoped for, and that's why that episode aired late. And, uh, 
Last week, I had some computer problems. Uh, originally, I thought it might have been some kind of virus that was fucking with my video card. But it turns out that there was no virus, and it was just my video card slowly dying. Basically, what had happened was, is I had, uh... I was going to watch uh, last week's episode of NCIS on Boxy, and the second the second Boxy started with the, started with last week's episode of NCIS, it went <coughs> and crashed and took my display with it, and so I, I I did a hard reset. It booted up, cleared the login screen, and my display went down again. And this same process happened three more times, towards the point where I could only get picture if I had it running in safe mode and that made me think I had a virus because all of my security settings were turned off and it would not scan itself. I later came to realize that it was doing that because McAfee, like most modern antivirus programs, run off of services and if you you should know what services are if you play around in your task manager enough. Uh, virus uh, uh, modern antivirus programs run their program or run their service run their stuff through services, and uh, in safe mode, all but the essential services are shut off, and that made me think my security was down when it wasn't, and uh, I went to go and I uninstalled my video card driver, went online and uh, went online and got the driver to reinstall it. So I uninstalled, did a restart reinstalled, did a restart, and then booted it back up, and I got the same uh, fail-past login screen as I always had, and I wasn't booting outside of safe mode. So I do a hard reset, fails again, do another hard reset, and then the video card just, the video card just dies. So my video card died, so I'm now using the default graphics chip on my motherboard, uh, which means I have to switch back to my shitty CRT monitor, which means I've now got a display six inches from my face again instead of at the other end of my desk, which means I'm probably going to need glasses again sometime soon. That's where the fuck your other monitor went. It's over there in the corner. Uh, yeah, so with my video card dead, that means that I won't be able to play video games. Hell, the default graphics chip on this board barely has enough power for me to run my movies. Uh, so yeah, no more video games for me, but on the bright side, at least I won't be distracted by Fallout 3 during NaNoWriMo. That's me trying to look on the bright side, but I'm still not amused. Well, I, I can think of several comments to where you have more time for various things, but I'll be nice and polite and say I do agree with you. Homework is a good thing. NaNoWriMo isn't homework. Technically it is, because you're at home, you're doing work for some kind of profession and or job. Type thing that you hope to accomplish. So, if, 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 if you're a porn star and you do nothing but masturbate on your days off, does that mean jacking off is your homework? In clinical terms, yes. In actual schoolwork terms, no. But in technical terms, yes. Any kind of work done at home is technically homework. Like hell, building a treehouse is fucking homework. Okay, you see this? Those yeah. are my vocal spikes. Those are your vocal spikes. You need to speak up. 
Well, then you move the fucking mic, you giant foobar bastard. Okay, talk that loud from now on. Okay, vaginal wart discharge, you ass master. I'm leaning backwards and talking... See, that's why the original promo for this season was going to be the PG Holyfield bumper with saying you had Tourette's. Dude, I've tried to lessen that. I just do it here because I'm not me without swearing. If I'm me without swearing, I'm either very, very, very asleep or just bored out of my skull. Yeah, but if you keep up with that random swearing, I'm going to have to go back to the protocol from season two where I smack you with a buff every time you do it. See, this is what happens... Me being sleep deprived, and he can attest to this. I have been sleep deprived for about two days now. I told you, Ben. You do, you really don't have to stay up all night masturbating when you have nothing better to do. It's okay to lie down and go to sleep every once in a while. I knew you. Uh, how the? F I've been around you way too fucking long. I knew you would throw something like that in here. I was like waiting for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's the masturbation thing. That or he, he's counting cum shots on the roof of his on the, on the roof of the bathroom, or how many Kleenexes he can stick up there. Uh huh. Anywho, as uh, as long as you're go going down, the, I've been around you too long, Ralph. Oh Christ! How? What, what, what time have you been go actually going to bed this last week so far? So far, between about seven and ten in the morning. I mean, hell, two days ago I went to bed at ten in the morning and I slept till eight p.m. Okay. Well, and I haven't been asleep since. Over the, over the last month or so, I've I've gotten into the habit of waking up somewhere between seven and ten in the morning, and I've been working on my writing. You've been sleeping in. We've essentially reversed roles. We're all fucked. The world's coming to an end. He just needs to start swearing a lot, and I need to start smoking and get piercings. I'm not going to smoke, dude. I do have standards. I will not smoke. Thank you very much, Captain Conundrum. Want me to pierce your ears while you're here? Well, what's the one where they, they pierce it, like, right here? That's called an industrial, and I do not have the adequate equipment to do that. I would, I would actually like one of those. If I was going to give you an industrial, I'd have to have two... I'd have to have two different needles, the kind they actually use in tattoo shops, which I don't have. Every time I've done my own piercings, I've used some kind of large sewing needle. Well, see, I thought about getting a piercing, but... I mean, all, all throughout high school and up until I moved up here, I did all of my own piercings and occasionally piercings for other people. But if I was to give you an industrial, I would have to... Not a cigarette, nigger. I mean, dumbass. There you go. Fucker. Anywho, I would have to take a needle and put one in right there and then put one in right there and then get some clamp action going while I put the while I put the piercing through. Yeah. I do not have adequate equipment to do that. Oh, well, I thought about getting a piercing, but... Because a tattoo is permanent. A piercing is permanent until you take the bolt out or the screw, whatever the fuck it is, and let the whole seal back over. Dude, I have had this thing pierced since I was 16. I can take this... I can, I can take both of these out and not have them in for, for like... A month or more, and they won't close up. Oh fuck! Ah well, I I'm tempted to get one in the near future, just because I. I I I, I, I I I had my ear. Uh, I had a 
earring in my ear over uh. here for a while until the uh, for some reason or another the uh, the, the, pierce, the piercing I had in there was not stainless steel and so it turned brass in my ear and got infected. Oh shit! Yeah, and it, it and I took it out like three months ago and it just now started closing up. Well, I'm honestly thinking about getting a piercing because I think I'd look semi better with one. Get a Prince Albert. I'm not. I can just see it now. I do that, my dick gets infected. They have to lop the motherfucker off. It's not like you're using it anyway. True. Or 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 you could get a Jacob's ladder. Remind me what the fuck. That okay. Is. All right. A Prince Albert is basically where 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 they pierce through the top of the urethra. Yes. A Prince Albert is where they, uh, uh, that's a Prince Albert, a Jacob's Ladder is where they actually put the studs through the shaft in in sequence. Okay, yeah, that takes a whole new meaning on the fucking song. Song? Oh, come on, Jacob's Ladder, Mark Wills? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my God. There's a real, really, really bad fucked up version of Mark Wills' song, country song. You wouldn't know because you don't listen to country. Mm -hmm. I do. You need to re-fuck with your screensaver, dude. Anyway, um, I was saying you should get a cock ring because that would increase your chances of getting laid. It has been statistically proven that if you mention even in passing of, of, of owning a cock ring that, that is attached to you and any woman that is within, within earshot, is going to at one point in time want to see it. <laughs> want to see my weasel? <laughs> oh god. Honestly, I kind of want a piercing just to see the looks I fucking get. Cause I'm, you said it yourself. I'm basically a fucking choir boy. I just want to see what the hell kind of reactions I get. Get one right there. No. I used to have a piercing right there. Actually, that's that's stupid, man. Between the eyebrows, right above the bridge of the nose, I don't remember what it's called anymore, but I used to have one. If I get a piercing, I'd be getting one that's easily noticeable and cannot be covered by any type of um, object unless really usable. Like, if I had a beanie, that'd be the only way I'd fucking be able to cover something. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of getting my left eyebrow pierced again. Okay. I'm seriously, I'm thinking about getting a, uh, uh, something pierced. Anyway, off of this tangent, into our first topic of the day. For those of you who actually regularly listen to the show, you'll remember the previous episodes where I talked about uh, music industry as far as indie labels are concerned and how record labels are, up to this point in this day and age, useless. Well, a while ago, iTunes released this thing called... Uh, iTunes LP. It's a thing they add to their iTunes store where certain albums have their own uh, digital album uh, album book. Because, you know, in physical CDs, you go out to the store and you buy a CD, you get the shrink wrap off of it, you throw the disc in there, and when, when I bought physical CDs, this is what I would do. I'd listen to the music, and then I'd, look, I'd go to the CD book, and I would look at all the pictures, and I'd read the lyrics of the songs as the songs are playing, and then, the, you know, you'd have the pictures, and you'd have the lyrics of the songs, and then sometimes there'd be liner notes of uh, who was on which track, and if it was like a best of CD, it would it, it would give you like a play by play of the of the musician's career, and then it would have the this artist would like to thank thing on the back of the booklet, and then there'd be some CDs where you if you stick it near your computer or your DVD player, then you would get some behind the scenes shit or some music videos. 
Well, iTunes is doing that with certain albums in their music store now. Interesting. Yeah. Like, for example, they're doing it with a certain Nora Jones album. I think the, the one that she released uh, four years ago. I forget the name of it. I have the album because Nora Jones is an amazing musician. She actually got her start in Dallas. Like, she used to play in the... Uh, like, when I worked in the Barnes Noble in Dallas, there was a Chipotle right in the same parking lot. It used to be something else, and she and she played one of her first shows in that building before it was a Chipotle. Chipotle way. Oh, <laughs> Hi, Billy Mace here with the Chipotle way. I actually thought about going as Billy Mace for Halloween, but I forgot I'm not going to be handing out candy or trick-or-treating. I'm going to be drinking prison hooch with my friends. Yeah, I honestly thought about doing that on Halloween, but I actually have to hand out candy to little kids. Well, you, you, you have fun uh, handing out candy to little kids and making pet bear jokes. I will be drinking prison hooch. Yeah, I... Anyway... Or going off in a tangent again. Anyway, so, iTunes LP. No, the, uh, ch the, there's a Chicago-based indie label called Chalk Lab Records that saw some promise in this new format. So they contacted the iTunes store and said, "Hey, we'd like to get this kind of thing going for some of our artists." And they base and iTunes basically turned around and laughed at them and said no. Be because this iTunes LP service costs ten grand per album to do. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, so this is another case of the big guy fucking over the little guy. Because everybody knows that EMI and BMG and Sony Music Group and all those guys, ten grand is nothing to them. The CEOs of, the, of, these, re of these recording companies make more than that taking a piss. So, ten grand is nothing. Well, all I can say is the little guy got screwed. Again. Yeah. Of course, then again, if you go through other uh, digital di distribution methods other than the iTunes store, you could pretty much set this up yourself. Like, set up to where you could buy the album, uh, a digital copy of the album, off of the artist's website, and if you purchase it off of the website, it'll come with this extra thing that acts as a virtual CD booklet. Well, uh, I'm tempted because since I have $12 left on my iTunes card, I'm tempted to actually go fuck with some of that crap. I would enjoy it. By the way, where did you say the artesian nerd was today? He is busy. He's got he's he's got two house guests in his house right now for some reason or other. He said he'd explain everything next week. That's not good. Well, I hope everything works out. My brother's sick with the flu. He caught it from his roommate. Thank God it wasn't the swine flu. I know we've had that giant ass discussion, but still. Yeah. I never get sick. Neither do I. I, I if I get sick, it's like majorly hospital sick. Or like puke your guts out for 24 hours. My so immune sick. system is so badass that I only get sick either every four years or if I move. Like, when I went in military school, I moved out to South Carolina and I was there for a year. I'd never been to South Carolina before, so my body was not prepared for all the shit that, that's in the air and all of the colds that people pass around in South Carolina. So, 
I caught uh, 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 I caught some kind of cold and I was sick during the Super Bowl and I slept through that, which really doesn't matter because I'm not a big fan of sports ball. So yeah, I ju I just slept through it. I, I did, however, miss out on drinking because somebody's smoking in some vodka and water bottles. But that's all I missed out on because I don't really give a fuck about football. Yeah. Unless it's arena football. I, I, I like arena football. You know, it's kind of funny. I actually read something online where a woman um, was doing the laundry in the laundry room. And uh, she uh, found a water bottle in the laundry room and proceeded to refill her iron um, with the water, said water in said water bottle. It ended up... The water wasn't water, it was her son's secret vodka stash. So <laughs> it lit the fucking iron. <laughs> well, let's, well, she should just be grateful that her son was drinking water in the water bottle and uh, drinking vodka in the water bottle and not Everclear. Oh, shit. Which is, which is what has been my poison of choice for the past couple weeks. Uh, but yeah, I... Everclear uh, is some fun stuff. Oh, God. Yeah, but right now I'm quite bored. And I rarely get sick, so I'm... I mean, hell, there's been times I've laughed at my other family members. Because my brother, he gets sick every winter to, like, fucking clockwork. Because he, he didn't have his uh, tonsils removed until he was, like, I don't know. Uh, well, Man. my immune system rocks. I mean, like, I was in military school. I got sick that for those two days, and then I was fine. Somebody came back from a furlough leave with a stomach virus. That caused you to shit your pants while you were throwing up. The CMA. Yes, it was it was lovingly dubbed the CMAIDS. Everybody in my barracks caught it, including the attack officer. It then proceeded to move to the to the company upstairs because our our barracks was a two floor barracks, and uh, uh, my company Delta Company was downstairs, and Charlie was upstairs, and then Alpha was across the parking lot. But our barracks was the only one that had two stories, so they stacked one on top of the other. So after everybody in my barracks got over the CMAIDS, the people upstairs caught it, and then after they caught it, it moved all over the campus. Because what happened to us was over the furlough leave, and so we got quarantined. Everybody else didn't. God, the last time I was quarantined was a police attack. Anyway. But yeah, everybody in the barracks caught the CMAs but me. My roommate faked having the CMAs so that he could get out, he could get out of doing shit while, uh, while everybody was sick. So what they did is they quarantined him in a room with everybody else that had the CMAs, and then he actually caught it. So, my roommate had the CMAs, and I was stuck in there with him while everybody was quarantined. I did not fucking catch the thing. The worst that happened to me was on the last day of the, uh, of the break that everybody was gone. I got up at 5 in the morning to, to do my jogging with my friend across the hall, and I had diarrhea. And that was it. When I moved up here, I got uh, last year I got sick for about two days, and then I was fine, and I don't get sick at all. I mean, seriously, if, if I wanted to make money, I could make bets with people and say, give me five bucks, I'll let you sneeze in my face, I'll bet you I don't get sick. Hmm. Anyway, uh, we're going off on tangent, and our feature today is going to be NaNoWriMo, and we're going to have uh, Scott Roche, my nemesis, join us for the NaNoWriMo talk, and he's on a schedule, so we're going to move this along, and because I forgot to go to our first break, uh, between the uh, opening banter and the first topic, we're going to take our first break now and come back with the rest of our topic list after the break. Our promo for today is for J.C. Hutchins' Seventh Son. Here's the promo. I will do more talk on it after the break.
Kilroy 2.0 is here. Kilroy 2.0 is everywhere. <laughs> Kilroy 2.0 will be everywhere. And John, and Dr. Mike, and Father Thomas, and the psychopathic John Alpha, as the most popular podcast novel series in history, gets a reboot. Seventh Son Descent is in print now. The Beta Clones are back with new scenes, new set pieces for the print novel. The President of the United States is dead, murdered by a four-year-old boy, and it's up to John and the other Beta Clones to hunt the man behind the assassination, John Alpha. To celebrate Seventh Son Descent's bookstore debut, author J.C. Hutchins, that's me, is releasing more clone-killing content at his website and beyond, an entirely new serialized podcast recording of Seven Sun Descent's print edition manuscript, serialized PDFs of the book, free music by John Smith, Seven Sun, Seven Days, a prequel anthology, and the full text of the novel, serialized at boingboing.net, all available now. Support the print debut of Seven Sun Descent. Learn more and download the free audiobook and other content at jchutchins.net and at patiobooks.com. Brains! And that was the promo for uh, J.C. Hutchins' uh, book, Seventh Son. And for those of you who don't do the whole podcasting thing, listening to the podcast novels on a regular basis, I really, really, really recommend you go and listen to Seventh Son. I listened to it. Uh, for the first time last year, it is a, it, it's an amazing trilogy, Hutchins, it, seriously, Hutch is a fucking genius when it comes to his writing and when it comes to self-promoting, he's like a runaway fucking semi when it comes to promoting his own shit, he did this thing with Seventh Son Now, he did this awesome thing with his book, uh, Personal Effect Dark Out, when it came out, and then, uh, last year he did this thing called Seventh Son Obsidian, uh, which was a short story anthology with user-generated content, and it's just all really cool, and you've got to check it out. It's just amazing. Um, moving on, those of you who follow me on Twitter noticed, m might have noticed that I commented on this the other day, but uh, the uh, Motion Picture Association of America uh, has basically gotten tired of going after pirates that they can't stop, so they decided to go on a course of action that would allow them to potentially nip future pirates in the bud by using propaganda. Oh, you mean like those whole commercials that uh, that say it's like stealing a car is illegal? You yeah, wouldn't, you wouldn't it, steal a car. You wouldn't steal a DVD. You wouldn't steal a purse. Yeah, piracy is a crime. Shit like that. Exactly, and those are. Uh, those ad spots are placed on DVDs, and they're aimed at consumers who actually pay for their wares. And uh, they put those ad spots on there to try to scare consumers away from resorting to piracy. It didn't stop me. But this propaganda they're using, they aimed towards little kids. They uh, published a comic book, a 10-page comic book, called Escape from Terror Bite City, which is a really shitty play on words. And basically, I read the comic the other day, and it's 
the, 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 the comic is such bullshit and it's such a trope and it's filled with all this outdated computer jargon and it, uh, seriously, it's just so just out there and, and stupid and full of bullshit that it's actually hilarious. I wouldn't be if the if this comic got in a pop, more popular circulation. It, it it would be a meme by now. But what it was is these two little kids decided they wanted to download the new Transformers movie off of a P2P client. Well, it turns out that that uh, thing they tried to download had oh no viruses, and apparently the viruses were sent to the, were beamed down to the computer by aliens. And while the movie was done, the viruses got into the computer, and then they got into the home network, and then Dad turned on his computer to pay his bills online, and they got into Dad's little laptop, and they took all of his credit card information, and, and then when Dad goes to work in the morning, he's going to hook up to the company network and spread the virus to everybody else. And then in the process, the two little boys get sucked into their computer. And then they, 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 they meet the antivirus program that looks like a bunch of RoboCops. And it's just so over the top and out there and bullshit. It really, it's funny. You guys should look for this thing. Uh, you can you can follow the Torrent Freak article that I, that I'm going to link to in the show notes, and it gives you a download mirror on Mininova for this comic. And seriously, if you're looking for a good laugh, you have got to read this thing. It's hilarious, dude. But it's it's bullshit and it's propaganda because you know. Yeah, there is a possibility for, for catching viruses on torrent sites and P2P networks, but that's only, really, it's only if you're an idiot. You know, I, I hate to say this, but is anyone reminded of the thing they did about 10 to 15 years ago? The Cartoon All-Stars review with Bugs Bunny and a shitload of other cartoon characters talking about to kids about drugs? I don't remember that. Oh Christ! I remember that. It, it just—it was so bad. It made me fucking cry. Just Google it one time, and you, I swear to Christ, you will cry. It was sponsored by George Bush. God, uh, just trust me, Google. You will laugh your ass off. It's the same kind of bullshit to scare kids away from drugs. Yeah. Well, drugs are bad. Okay. It, 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 except for reefer, but reefer's not a drug. It's a plant. <laughs> anyway, moving on, uh, the games that I want to talk about for this week are starting off with Mass Effect 2. Um, I don't know how many of you guys are into uh, bio, the, the, the Bioware games like uh, Knights of the Republic and its sequel, or even Mass Effect. Bioware does really good work with the games they do. When they released Kodor and Kodor 2, they basically turned turn-based RPG games like that on its ear. They base, in in my opinion, they redesigned the franchise and they gave us an entire new look on the Star Wars franchise. And I am absolutely nuts about the Kodor games. I I think they did a lot of really good things the right way, and they made it into a game that I, you know they did it right. And then when the 360 came out and they had access to the next gen shit, they threw out Mass Effect. And then Mass Effect took what the, it took the process they used for Kodor, gave it some steroids and a little bit of PCP, and then turned it loose. And Mass Effect had awesome gameplay, really good combat. It had uh, amazing storytelling, and then the choices that you can make in that game. 
uh, reflect the entire story arc. And in Mass Effect 2, the, it takes your old save game file from the original Mass Effect. And it takes all of those choices that you made in Mass Effect, and it transfers them into Mass Effect 2, so you're picking up right where you left off, and the story arc continues, and there are still echoes of the choices you made in the, in the first game that take place in the second game, and the same thing's going to happen in the third game when they release that. There's even, there, there's even a possibility for Shepard, the, the main character that you play in the game, there's a possibility for him to die in the second game. And... I've totally been stoked about Mass Effect 2 releasing since I saw the original teaser trailer. Honestly, I, I, saw, I, I watched that teaser trailer for Mass Effect 2. I got goosebumps when they first released that trailer. I seriously watched it like 10 times a day. And they are releasing Mass Effect 2 January 27th. Which is a lot earlier than anybody thought they were going to do it. We, I mean, everybody was... The, the developers said, look for it in early, uh, in early 2010. But... From everything I'd heard, I was personally expecting a March release along the same lines of Splinter Cell Convictions, but it turns out it's releasing on the 27th, and that's got me fucking stoked. Well, from your descriptions, I think I actually might have to rent this. No, you're going to want to buy it. Well, I usually rent things before I buy it, unless it's you, totally fucking kick-ass. Mass Effect is totally fucking kick-ass. If, 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 if you rent it, you're going to get pissed off at yourself because you're not going to have time to do everything. I don't even... I don't... Like, I got, like, see, me, because of the way I game, I got through fucking everything except for the very end in the weekend I was house-sitting for Kyle. But that's, oh, that's only because I slept, like, a total of four hours that entire weekend, and my gaming was fueled by uh, simultaneous uh, infusions of alcohol and booze. Alcohol and booze are nearly the same thing. Exactly. Well, see, I've done that before. I played, uh, but I've played I've played Mass Effect quite a few times, so I knew what I was doing. So you'll want to buy Mass Effect just on my recommendation alone because it's that awesome. Well, I love Kotor. I absolutely love Kotor, both of them, and it, like Mass Effect, but on a slightly a very small scale. The choices you have in Knights of the Old Republic um, do affect the storyline in the uh, Sith Lords. Which is the second one. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, you will seriously want to pick up Mass Effect. It's an amazing game. Like, if I got a 360, that'd be like the first game that I went out and got. If you got a 360, I would bet money that somehow you would buy something, beat it, and then your your 360 would somehow just totally fuck up on you. I doubt that. That's something that sounds more likely not to happen to you. No. Anyway, you're you. Let's think. Diane broke your fucking PS2. Um, um I live alone. I know. That was a long time ago, though. Anyway, moving on because we're in a time crunch here. Uh, I was gonna talk about Tom Clancy and War because I was playing a lot of that before my video card died, but um. I don't really see the point in talking about it anymore. I mean, I've talked about it in, like, like, I don't know, maybe three or four episodes total from this season. I think I talked about it a few times last season. So, at this point, if you're at a quandary about the game, go look up some videos on YouTube. Or, if you're into piracy, you can download a uh, version of it online and 
End War doesn't even, you don't even need to uh, have a crack or, any, or, or a key gen for End War. Uh, you just can't take it online. All you gotta do is go and download the game and either mount it with uh, Daemon Tools or uh, Power ISO, or you can even burn it to something and play it. And the only time you're ever going to need to do anything with it is if you want to go online, then you have to go and buy a copy of the game for their online code. Moving on to our Fail of the Week, however, and I really, really enjoyed reading this. Uh, it's, all, it's, it's, it's October, which means it's Halloween season, which means all this month there have been haunted houses all over, everywhere, basically. Well, in Baltimore, there was a police officer who decided to enjoy the spooky festivities by going into a haunted house. Uh, he was leaving the haunted house, and a worker for that haunted house, dressed as Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, came at him with a chainsaw. Didn't, the chainsaw didn't even have a chain in it, so it was not even lethal at all unless the guy wanted to beat him with it. Well, this cop was so freaked out that he drew down on the worker. He fucking pulled his piece on him. He, t he drew his service gun and aimed it at this guy. Because he was so freaked out. The guy is uh, now on uh, paid suspension pending a formal review. I think I remember you telling me about that a couple days ago. I didn't talk about it, but I linked it on my Facebook. I, I do remember that. I think I read that. I read the other one as well. God. I mean, sorry. I mean, it's, it's like that story you took me to. The one where I bought all the nice nails and you scared the shit out of me and I screamed it as loud as humanly possible. Jesus. People are retarded when it just sometimes. People are stupid. Hence my people are retarded sometimes. Yeah, this, yeah, something like this harkens back to something I talked about in season one where I mentioned that maybe people need uh, need licenses to breathe. To huh. breed. I, 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 I honestly believe that procreation should be a privilege and not a right. Okay, then sex... Like, s seriously, people should... Somebody needs to come up with, with some kind of test that... that uh, not based on IQ, because I know some people with pretty high IQs that are fucking idiots. So, something that takes... I didn't want to be the one to say it. Yeah, but I knew who you were talking about. I wasn't necessarily talking about you. I anyway, that. something that takes... Uh, so something that factors in an IQ test, but juxtaposes it with some kind of uh, uh, other test that uh, r rates your level of common sense and... How likely you are to, for some reason or, 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 or another, accidentally throw your kid off of a roof or something? There's no accidents for that shit. I mean, really. It's not, a, it's not oh shit, it's Michael Jackson. Like, well, okay, well, I'll put it this way. Let's, let's say some, a, a test that factors in the IQ test, but also factors in some way of gauging your common sense. Like, if you take this test and it shows that... You're the kind of person who's likely to re to to reenact the the, uh, the scene from The Lion King with your newborn son and forget your ceiling fans on. Let's let, 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 let's not recommend you procreating anytime soon. Um, but yeah, seriously, if you pass this test, say congratulations, shake their hand, give them a piece of paper that says they're allowed to have kids. If they don't pass the test, just pat them on the back, say I'm sorry, give them a lollipop, and send them on their way. Because chances are, if they fail their test, they'll be excited by the lollipop nonetheless. That or ban them from ban them from using the one wet hole and have them use the asshole for the entire fucking life. Because that is one way to prevent sex. No comment. Anyway, that is one way to prevent sex, though. Always doing. That is our fail of the week, and we are now moving on to our feature of the week, which is <laughs> Nano Rymo. 
Give me a moment so that I can get Scott Roche over Skype with us. from the bar and ask me to buy her a drink. Well, how do you say his name backwards, then? You'd already be dead. I don't fucking know. He, it was Zelbert, I don't know. See, he, uh, he already would have killed you. I, I don't remember exactly. I haven't seen that episode in a long-ass time. See, you hesitated, so so by now you would have already been dead and had your soul consumed by Obstrac. getting a hold of Scott Roche, so we're just going to sit here and make fun of Ben while we wait. We can make fun of Ben for being a sleep-deprived dumbass because it's his own damn fault. Yeah, that is true. Or we can make fun of Ben because he keeps playing Kingdom Hearts, even after he's got the secret ending. Yeah, we could do that. I've moved on to the next one. I'm worlds away from getting the, getting the other story where he plays Riku. Fuck yeah. Good for you. You have no clue what I'm talking about, but there's somebody out here who does. <laughs> have you gotten to the part yet where you lost the game? It hasn't been a half an hour. You lose the game. We've been recording for an hour. So, you lose the game. God damn it, I lose the game. Bastard. Your mother. So, what did, you said you were drinking copiously for Halloween, I should say. Mm-hmm. I've uh, been drinking copiously every night this week, dude. Uh, I'm tempted to join you, because hanging out, ch 
Handing out candy to children is only satisfying for so long. And then you get the cops called on you. Well, you could always, you, you could always, uh, turn your basement into a haunted house and then have, a uh, uh, bobbing for apples thing in the middle with a big old bucket full of water and apples, but it, there's not water in there. There's, uh, Kool-Aid laced with Everclear. I bet you, I'll, I'll bet all the neighbor parents will love you then. That's kind of creepy, yet really, really, really fucked up. Or that sounds like some Freddy, Freddy Krueger fucking shit. You could uh, you you could give them ice cream floats, except instead of uh, except there's uh, some Kahlua added to it, successfully making it uh, a form of white Russian. Why don't I just bake them all brownies and lace it with reefer? You could do that, but that's significantly more expensive than uh, buying alcohol. Yeah, but it would make me laugh my ass off to see a shitload of little itty bitty skeletons and fairies and dentists come home fucking bake this crap. <laughs> I can see <laughs> Give sugar high a whole new meaning. <laughs> Alright, let's try calling him again. You laughed, motherfucker. Ha! Hello, God? Are you there? Hey, hey Scott! How's it going? Good, how are you? Pretty good. And everybody listening, I now have over Skype my own personal nemesis and author of the Archangel novel, Scott Roche. How the fuck are you, Scott? I'm doing great. Doing great. Looking forward to Nano. Yep, I think uh, there's a great many people uh, looking for Nano, uh, looking forward to Nano. I actually got, I actually just finished talking to somebody who's going to design the cover for my Nano novel right before I recorded the show today. Oh, that's awesome. Totally. She's also the person who designed the cover art for uh, the show, if you've seen that on iTunes. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's nice to have a graphic designer that will be willing to help you with stuff like that. I've got a guy who designed the Archangel logo, and he also designed uh, a little cover for my the Nano novel that I wrote last year, or started on, Red Sky. So uh, I'm sticking around trying to decide whether or not to bug him about this, um, the, the project. You know, my nano project for this year. Well, you could you, you could have him uh, design design the cover of uh, a spaceship shaped like a horse. Seeing as yeah. you, seeing as you've called you, you you're dubbing your nano creation this year a space horse opera. Even That's though, right. e even though it has no horses and no singing cowboys in it. As long as we've got you here, how about talking about our feature for this week with us? Sure, I'd be glad to. Yep. This week for our show, we're going to be talking about NaNoWriMo, seeing as uh, this Sunday, everybody will be getting started on their novels. Yeah, I, well, you know, and I've actually uh, started working on mine, I mean, not the novel part so much, but the outline. And that's, yeah, I'm really excited to actually get, doing, get getting started on the writing part. Yeah, I have been procrastinating and working on other projects this month, so I've yet to do my outline yet. Uh, ben, are you going to be participating in NaNoWriMo? The last thing I actually wrote that was uh, any type of... Was it some sort of porno fanfic for PAL Comics? 
That might be a good idea. Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, There's what have I done? Scott, I think I just talked my co-host into writing a 50,000 word erotica fanfiction. Oh, dear. But what universe to put it in? Teen Titans? Nah, that's been overdone. Kim Possible? Overdone. Little Mermaid? Overdone. Seriously? Um, what, what, what is, hasn't been violated recently? Rugrats? Overdone. That's very disturbing. Um, anyway, we're going off on tangent here. Lilo uh, and Stitch. Again, disturbing and tangent. Okay, um, well, some of the things that we talked about right before the show, uh, some of the domestic issues that can get in the way of your novel writing for November, uh, being holidays such as Thanksgiving and family members and television. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that can get in your way. Those, those are definitely three big ones. Um, as far as Thanksgiving goes, one of the things that they recommend on the nano site itself is to sort of front load your month. Um, you know, get as much done in the first 10 days of November as you can. That's what she um, said. You know, the, the word count that they recommend that you get, you know, spread out through the month is about 1,700 words. Um, mm. But I would say that for the first week to 10 days, you want to try and break 2,500 a day if you can. And as far as family is concerned, like, didn't you say you have uh, you have three kids and you're married, right? Yeah, so I mean, you know, there you just have to kind of have an understanding spouse who, who kind of digs your insanity. Um, and fortunately, my wife does. So, you know, and I she's also a good therapy. cook, as I hear. What's that? She's also a good cook, as I hear. She is. She is. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really just a matter of Finding, making the time, and you know, in my case, my kids are fairly young, so they have an early bedtime as it is, and I, I, most of my writing time happens after they go to bed. Yeah, you've got to, if if you've got uh, family obligations to take care of in any shape or form, uh, I would suggest making plenty of pl uh, plenty good use of your downtime. If you get up early, uh, like say before the kids wake up and whatnot, you can do a little bit of writing after you've woken up. And um, you can do writing after they go to bed before you go to bed. And on the weekends, you've got tons of time to write, in theory, anyway. Yeah, weekends are definitely my friend when it comes to playing catch-up. My, my word count throughout the week may not necessarily be as high as I'd like it to be. Uh, so Saturday uh, mornings and Saturday evenings uh, and uh, Sunday evenings tend to be good times for me to play catch-up. Yeah, also, if you're the kind of person who utilizes public transportation for whatever reason while you're waiting for the bus or the train to come by, or while you're on the bus or the train, if you, if you carry a laptop or even one of those fancy-schmancy technological doodads like an iPod, iPhone, or a, a Blackberry or something like that, then you can make additions to your uh, nano project while you're in transit. Oh, for sure. You know, making, making use of every available moment um, is is it. I mean, you know, even if you're not, even if you commute like I do and you drive most of your commute, you can take that time to actually, you know, be thinking about what you're going to do, uh, sort of not really writing, but, but pre-planning. 
uh, if you're the kind that can hold those ideas in your mind so you can actually get to your word process. Well, the project that I'm going to be working on for NaNoWriMo, I've had these ideas in my head for about a good year and a half, so I say I'm pretty good when it comes to keeping that shit in my head. And another thing that can become a distraction during the month of November is television, because, uh, you know, we're in the middle of the fall season, and a lot of big networks like to bring out their, uh, new, uh, their new seasons and new episodes of their primetime shows, and uh, I know for a fact that my Mondays and my Tuesdays during prime time are often eaten up by some shows that I like to watch during those nights. And uh, one thing that you, one thing that you can do with TV as a distraction is to turn your TV off, or get a TiVo, or use a DVR, or if you're old school, just pop a tape into the VCR. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, honestly, um, when it comes to TV. Um, it, it, it gets back to what's your, what's your priority, you know? Um, and, and as a creative individual, I think for a month it's not going to kill you if you miss a few TV shows. I know it's hard, but, you know, honestly, you got to ask yourself what you want to get accomplished. Do you want to watch TV or do you want to make something that could be on TV at some point? Exactly. And another thing you can do, if, you, if, if you're committed and you don't turn on your TV and you miss your shows and you have no way of recording it, you can always catch it by utilizing Netflix, or if you're a more unscrupulous individual like myself, you can torrent those things after the fact. Well, and heck, I mean, you know, a, a lot of TV, a lot, a lot of network shows, at least, are, are either being put on the network's website or on Hulu, so, you know, at least for a little while longer, I've heard Hulu's going to be charging in the future, but for right now, it's still free. Yeah, after the, after the fact, you can go to the... After the fact, you can go to the network's websites or Hulu, and you can stream them online. Uh, depending on your service provider, if you've got cable or some kind of satellite that uh, offers an on-demand service, if you're quick enough, you can usually catch the episodes you missed on using their demand, their on-demand service as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and ultimately, you know, this this is this is a one-month deal, uh, and no matter what you got to do to get through it, I mean, this it's worth it. You know, uh, so you know, use your use your caffeine, <laughs> use your legal substances to keep you uh, rocking and rolling, uh, and just get through this, and you'll thank yourself at the end of the month because it's, it's a really great opportunity. Yep, and another distraction that can pose a threat to potential writers for NaNoWriMo is the internet because there's a whole lot of shit on the internet. You know, social networking sites like MySpace and Facebook and Twitter. YouTube and hell for some people like my co-host, there's a whole lot of porn on the internet that can keep that can keep you pretty distracted. One of the things that I I think can be useful is to just unplug your router while you're writing. Yeah, that's I mean, do what you got to do. I mean, I I have um, you know I, I can I can only I can only really write on the computer. I know some people are actually freehanding nano, you know, going old school with pen and paper. For me, that's really not an option just because my handwriting is so crappy, um, and I want to have something at the end of the month that's a little easier to edit. So, yeah, I mean, unplug your router. Um, you know, there's a couple of word processors out there that have a full screen mode if that helps you, you know, not have to be able to see things like Twitter or get easy access to your, uh, the shortcuts on your desktop. Um, you know, so find some ways to get rid of that. Uh, the internet is definitely a distraction. I mean, if you've got a laptop that doesn't have Wi-Fi, you know, take your laptop and, and uh, go somewhere that you can't hardwire plug in. Um, 
you know, find ways to, to get rid of that. Yeah, or uh, if you're cheap, you can uh, you can go you you can go and write someplace that charges you for internet access, like Starbucks or the airport. There you go. There you go. I mean, do do whatever you can to just dis- to dis- distance yourself from that kind of distraction. Personally, I can't walk past Starbucks without uh, thinking of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Fresh roasted Cylons. And even if you've been able to uh, get your priorities straight and do a lot of your writing in the beginning of the month so the holidays don't get in the way and find time around your family to write and stay away from your television and unplug your internet and stay focused on that on those two fronts for not letting any distractions keep you from your writing. There's also problems you face as a writer, and especially for newbie writers who nano is their first time actually trying to accomplish something. There's also some pitfalls you face as a writer, such as uh, writer's block or burning out halfway through the project. Uh, and also, if this is your first project, you're, you, you know, there's also the daunting aspect of, what if I write this and it sucks? Well, a throwback to Mer Lafferty and I Should Be Writing, there is actually an, uh, uh, go listen to Mer Lafferty's I Should Be Writing podcast. There's lots of helpful advice there. And there was an episode that posted a while back where she got through all of her backlog of emails that offered some uh, alternatives. But one of the things she always says in her podcast is if this is your first thing you're doing, it's perfectly okay to suck because, I mean, hey, this is nano. You're just trying to get out 50,000 words. This is your first draft. Sucking is perfectly okay. That is what editors are for. That's right. I mean, you know, you, it's either write something that sucks, which everybody's going to do with few exceptions, or, you know, don't write anything at all. The first option gives you something that you can edit. The second option doesn't. So, uh, you know, you are your first draft isn't going to be your greatest work, especially if it's your first time writing something that long. Um, you know, my first year of Nano, I completely crashed and burned. I didn't finish. But at least I got something that had some cool ideas and something I may use down the road. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not wasted. Even if you don't finish or if you do finish and it's, complete crap. Uh, you still got something that you can use uh, either for uh, fuel for the, the future or uh, something to edit. True. And as far as writer's block and burnout are concerned, that's what uh, outlines and uh, character mock-ups are for. Absolutely. I mean, you know, with Nano, they say you really don't start writing until you're, you know, the first day of November, but I've, for the last couple of weeks, I've put some time in for, um, you know, writing up some character descriptions, doing some outlining, uh, you know, just trying to get some things straight and nailed down so that, um, so, you know, when it comes November 1st, I can just jump right in with those feet. Uh, and depending on your personality, that outline can be something as simple as just a one-sentence uh, little uh, thing for each chapter, or uh, I was looking at a friend of mine on Twitter, and he said he's got 35 pages of outlines written already, and I have no idea what that looks like on his case, but, you know, it's, it's whatever helps you, uh, and the more work, the more pre-work you do, the better. I mean, there's, there's a really good site called storyfix.com, and they had an article on Nano. They weren't exactly hot on Nano, but they said, you know, you could also spend the first 10 days of Nano working really hard on an outline and spend the last 20 days doing the writing means you have to increase your word count, but if you haven't done the pre-work before November, just take part of November and, and really outline and get a, a solid 
arc down and get the polycystin down, uh, and it'll make the rest of your month a lot easier. Not yeah. easy by any means, but easier. And uh, personally for me, outlining is somewhat of a challenge because I've always been a free writer. I work at it as I go along, and I'm starting to learn that's not a good method because everything I've started on with a, with a free writing with, I've usually either never finished or I burn out somewhere in the middle of it. And I have lots of things that I've attempted, but outside of short stories and essays, all of my large-scale projects are all half-finished. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I'm a I'm a seat of the pants writer too, um, and I always have been. But I, I have found that in my longer work, it really, really pays. It may be hard, it may feel unnatural, but it really, really pays to uh, to do your outlining, even if it's just like I said, just a one sentence sort of synopsis of what you want to do in a particular chapter. And the nice thing is, if writer's block hits you and you have those synopsis already done, uh, if you're stuck in your current scene, you can jump to a later scene. And writing that, maybe that'll be a little fresher for you. And then you can come back and write in your older scene. If you're not, you're not risking anything because you already know what's going to happen, at least basically. True. And as far as outlining is concerned, there are some programs out there that can help you if you're using Mac. Shut up, Scott. Well, um, um, yeah, I've been, I'm using Scribner, which is a Mac-only product. Uh, and it's really, really nice. And the thing about Nano and, and Scrivener is if, if you go to nanorimo.org and register, um, you can download Scrivener for free for it's 40 days, really, because it's the last few days of November, the month of November, the last few days of, of October, month of November, and the first few days in December. Uh, ordinarily, it's a 15-day free uh, trial, but they're doing a 40-day free trial for Nano. And it's really good software. But I will say this. I went and looked at Wirewriter for the PC, and I, you'll have to Google that. I'm not sure what the uh, website is. It's nothing obvious, unfortunately. But I've looked at Wirewriter for the PC. It's completely free, and it's got some similar, very cool outlining tools that you can use. It's not quite as fancy as Prisoner, but I, I think it's a really good tool. It's better than a regular word processor when it comes to things like outlining and doing scenes and stuff like that. And... Um, so I would give that a shot. Yeah. Just, just Google Wirewriter. Yeah, Scrivener sounds like a really good program to use. I've been wanting to try it out since the first time I heard of it uh, by way of Pitt Ballantyne. But unfortunately, I do not own a Mac because I can't afford one. So that's something that my nemesis has over me is that he has the Mac and I don't. Yeah. And well, and the Mac, the Mac is nice. The Mac is nice. But I mean, you know, even if you have to use a word, a regular word processor, uh, you can still do outlining. The the, the tools like Wirewriter and Scrivener just make it a little easier. And speaking of tools that can help you with NaNoWriMo or your writing in general, this is something that is also Mac only. I forget the full title, but it's a uh, timeline software that's mentioned in. Uh, the episode of I Should Be Writing where she where Murr gets through her backlog of emails. You can listen to that episode to uh, find out the name of it, or you can go and look at it again. I'll probably link it in the show notes like I normally do. But what it does is it creates a timeline for your writing. Like if you're writing something large scale that uh, the story progresses over many, many, many years, then this is something that can help you with that. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's so many great tools out there, no matter what operating system you run, um, that can make your job easier. But you know, the tools aren't 
Now, tools don't mean a whole lot if uh, if you don't sit down and do the writing. And I think that I, my plan is for, for November, I'm going to get up at least an hour earlier than I have been. And uh, so I'm going to do some writing in the morning. I'm going to use my lunch hour. I'm going to use every spare moment that I have uh, and just do the writing. And, you know, that's, that's the other thing about Nano that you, that you can use it for besides just this product is you can use it to get into some good habits as far as finding time of the day to write and, and making a commitment to carry this beyond November. Uh, even, you know, I mean, every writer I've talked to says that 50,000 words in a month is a blistering pace for, for most human beings. Uh, so, you know, in December and January and moving on, you don't have to write as much, but at least you can maybe find a time of day where you can write every day, whether it's fiction or blogging or nonfiction or whatever, and just uh, keep it up. Yeah. Good habit. And another thing they can also help with writing is having a writing buddy, or in our case, a writing rival. Absolutely, it's all about the community. Uh, and uh, you know, you and I have have uh, got a nice little deal going on that uh, the uh, whoever is behind at the end of any given week in November uh, has to do whatever the guy in the head tells them to do, you know, within reason. And uh, we're recording that for our various podcasts. So it's you know whatever you can do to get that rivalry going you know get get somebody like I'm gonna have a guy over to my house Tuesday night we're gonna sit down and write um, so you know get get friends get rivals get whatever you gotta get to push you to get that get across that finish line. Yep, and I'm I think that pretty much covers everything uh, for our NaNoWriMo segment. Did you get any uh, questions in through Twitter while we were waiting? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, I did not see any questions come across, but I think we covered a lot of the stuff that, you know, people typically ask about um, for Nano. If you haven't done it before, I think we've covered a lot of good bases. All right, well, we've covered all of our bases for NaNoWriMo. Thanks for joining us for this segment, Scott. Good luck on your writing for November, and then after NaNoWriMo, I will continue my plans for your destruction. Perfect, perfect. Yep, thanks for being with us, and for anybody who wants to know where you can find this great man's work, check out uh, scottrush.com blog, archangelnovel.com, and spiritualtramp.com. Did I get them? You did, you did. Thanks, Elvin. Yep, see you next time. Okay, bye-bye. And that was Scott Roche for our feature this week, NaNoWriMo. We are going to go to break and then get into our What the Fuck of the Week. And uh, while we're over break, I will wake up my co-host. And our break for this, our, our second break for this week is a promo for VNA Shipping, written and recorded by J.R. Murdoch. Enjoy. Available now on Podiobooks.com. Joey Provosky has been thrust into deep space against his will. Aboard the SS Acid Rat, he and the crew are being pursued by the police in an intergalactic chase. But once the delivery is made, Vic, the captain of the SS Acid Rat and owner of VNA Shipping, decides to take a gamble with the crew and their pay. In an attempt to double their money, they need to get a shipment of beer for the celebration of the planet's long-awaited delivery. If they fail, they get nothing. It sounds so simple. Perhaps too simple. 
Tune into BNA Shipping, a podcast novel by J.R. Murdoch. For more information, please visit ofgnomesanddwarves.com. BNA Shipping, when it has to be there, dead or alive. a promo for J.R. Murdoch's V&A Shipping, as if you couldn't tell by listening to it. I haven't actually had the time to listen to it yet, but it sounds really interesting. It sounds like it's destined to be pretty funny, and J.R. Murdoch, uh, from what I gather on Twitter, is a pretty amusing guy himself, so it should be a treat when I finally do find the time and space on my iPod to listen to it. And it would appear that my co-host has reached some semblance of consciousness, so, we are now going to move on to our final segment for this week, which is our What the Fuck of the Week. And this one is a... This this week's uh, What the Fuck of the Week is something that really gets me riled up, as uh, most topics for this segment usually do. And uh, this one is about uh, 18-year-old gentleman who wanted to get online to Battle.net so he could play StarCraft online. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, he found difficulty in connecting to the internet, and because he could not log into Battle.net and play his StarCraft, he was consumed by so much nerd rage that he stormed out of his house and stabbed the first person he came across, which just so happened to be a 15-year-old girl. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, thankfully... This uh, young lady survived the attack. Um, he, however, was charged with uh, attempted manslaughter or something like that, I think. Well, they decided to transfer him into psychiatric care instead of actually sentencing him to jail. And uh, he's basically going to be put in the crazy house for the term of his sentence uh, because apparently... Uh, not having an internet connection depressed him. I could. I swear to Christ I could. But I, I'm not going to. I just don't feel up to actually belittle this dumb shit of a waste of space as to how stupid he was towards this action. So I, I have nothing. Yeah, he was transferred into psychiatric care because, and quote from the article, the gamer's thoughts apparently grew dark as a result of his internet connection problems not allowing him to play StarCraft. The prosecutor attempted to have him tried for attempted murder, but the court classified the knife attack as attempted manslaughter as the case had a psychiatric component to it. And he apparently did not leave his house with the intent to kill the girl. People need to beat their kids more! Uh, I'm People need to beat their kids more, dude. I've been saying that for fucking years. I mean, why do you think? Why do you think people, most people in our generation, respect their parents? If if they're blessed enough to have parents, they respect their parents. They do what their teachers and parents say. Most of when I was a small child, I had the joy of growing up out in the middle of nowhere. Technically, um. Whenever I did something stupid, if my dad didn't have a belt handy, I'd have to go out into the yard and get a, and and cut a switch, as he affectionately called it. Um, I'd come back inside with 
something that resembled a twig. He'd say, that's not a switch, I'll show you a switch. Walked outside and walked into the house with a tree. Uh, I grew up watching Looney Tunes and playing the Super Mario Brothers. I have yet to, uh... I, I, I have yet to drop anvils on people's heads. Um, I haven't tried to jump over people and squash them in attempts to kill them. You know, c c considering um, all the stuff that was in the video games and cartoon shows of my youth, the fact that I have not acted upon any of those things, and, and the fact that I uh, was instilled with the values for corporal punishment as a child... I, I think that people really should beat their kids more. I mean, hell, when I was a kid, I did something wrong, whether at school or at home. I knew what was coming to me. I knew that if I didn't tell my parents immediately when I got home what I'd done, they would get some kind of notification, whether a phone call, a letter, something, and then I'd get it twice as bad. There were times where my dad would give me what he liked to call a preemptive ass-whooping. That's like preemptive, preemptive absolution. Preemptive absolute vodka. Mm. Anyway, I think the highlight of my young life was one time I got in such deep shit at school. I forget, I think I actually said fuck to a teacher once. <laughs> I came home. My mom, I told my mother, she was so pissed off. She's like, okay, I'm going to leave you alone right now to where I can have a time to think of a good creative punishment. I came back three hours later, and she'd forgotten the entire fucking thing. <laughs> I swear to God, that was the high... I still remember it to this day, because that was the highlight of my fucking life. Your parents forgetting that, you, that, that you're in trouble is one of the most awesome things ever. Yes, I understand. Now, my dad... No, my mom was one thing. My mom whooped my ass when I was a kid. My dad... He your, your, dad, your dad just verbally abused you. No, my dad just told me he was uh, disappointed in me, and that hurt a hell of a lot worse. So you're saying that this verbal abuse is a trend that he's adopted recently, then? Dude, what are you talking about? Remember when you had that court date for the stupid thing you did out on yeah, Veterans Highway? Yeah, that was, that was the one incident with me doing something really stupid. Ben, every time I've seen you with your dad and you were getting yelled at, he would seriously say some of the most untoward things I've ever heard a man ever say to his child. Okay. I mean, I've heard people talk to their dogs worse. Uh, I, I, let me rephrase that. I, y your dad spoke to you worse than I've heard some people talk to their dogs for shitting on the rug. <laughs> Get a newspaper. Siri, no, I'm not kidding, dude. Oh, it's it's my dad. I mean, when he said he was disappointed in me as a kid, I felt fucking horrible. He didn't have to whip my ass. That was my that was what my mom would do, and I'm I applaud my mom for doing that. That's one of the reasons I'm so polite and straightened out as much as I am. I mean, yeah, I might screw up occasionally, but that's that's half the reason I'm as I'm as a good upstanding citizen as I am. My dad whooped, or my mom whooped my ass when I was a kid. My dad just said he was really disappointed in me, and if I did, if I did do something really bad, he'd pop me in the mouth, but that's about it. My dad slugged me in the face once, and I, I think I almost got a black eye.
And I, by pop me in the mouth, I mean just whack me on the side of the head. Or, or smack me on the chin. Yeah, well, but looking at this article... Not back Looking at this article, I'm having trouble piecing some shit together in my head. See, <laughs> now, as a gamer, anybody who, who plays video games and is serious about it, you, we're all familiar with the term called rage quitting. <laughs> which, which basically means you're getting your ass handed to you so bad by the video game that you say, fuck you, I quit. In your or, case... Or the game cheats. In your case, you throw the fucking thing down and fucking tap dance on it. That was just the one time. I swear to God. That I was just the one time. And then, uh, after I moved up here, there was a time where I was playing Donkey Kong 64, and I was in the factory, the, 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 the factory yeah, level. Yeah, that's where you get chunky. Yeah, so it's where you get chunky, and it's where you're playing as Tiny uh, uh, against that jack-in-the-box thing. I hated that motherfucker. I fucking hated that motherfucking jack-in-the-box with a passion. I tried for two hours straight to get past that goddamn jack-in-the-box. I couldn't do it, so I threw my Nintendo 64 controller across the room, and the right shoulder button fell off. <laughs> so I haven't been able to play Nintendo 64 ever since because you need that shoulder button for one reason or another in every video game you play. Dude. In Donkey Kong 64, you can't do a tuck and roll with your characters without the shoulder button. In Zelda, you can't raise your shield. In the shooters, you can't manual aim. Dude, you do realize that I have like three 64 controllers plus a working one at home. I still have Donkey Kong. I have fucking, uh, I have Zelda, both of them. I have Perfect Dark. I have a shitload of games. Perfect Dark is a shit. I know. I but, moving on. Um, anyway, the point is, people need to beat their kids more. You no, know? no, the point is, I mean, I'm very familiar with rage quitting and getting pissed off at technology, but there has never been a point in time where I got so pissed off, or, I mean, I get really pissed off, I've never wanted to go outside and knife a random passerby. Nope. I mean, there's been times where I've gotten... There was one time when I was playing the Scarface video game for PS2 where it, 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 got, it got to one of those Redux missions. Like, you've seen the Scarface movie, right? No. Okay, well, there's, uh, what, well, there's this uh, place in the video game where uh, Tony Montana has to go back to the place where he was uh, quarantined to get sent back to Cuba. He has to go back there in the video game, and there's dudes waiting there to kill him. And it's all these dudes against you, and all you've got is whatever weapons you had on you at the start of the mission, which is usually pretty much fucking nothing. And so you've got to run around this small enclosed area and outrun all these guys and not get killed. I think I might have gotten killed about 90 times. I got so pissed off that I actually c passed out. So I can get pretty fucking pissed off at video games and technology in general, but I've never gone outside to knife some random person. How do you make that kind of connection? Well, I have to say that the kid probably had a... F How old was this child? Eighteen. Oh, well, fuck. He's probably had a really fucked up view on life for a while. Maybe a fucked up childhood. And I have to throw this out here. Don't blame me for this. It's one of the main fucking excuses. Bad parenting, fucked up childhood something as to where this guy was tweaked enough to go and knife a random fucking human being. It, yeah. takes, it takes real psychosis to just go out and get so random fucking pissed off 
that you just go out and stab somebody. And hell, the last time I was really pissed off at, any, at, at something like Uber pissed off, I think I ended up flipping my brother around and kneeing him in the back hard enough to almost break his tailbone. And that was when I was like 12. Well, when it comes to the point where you're getting that pissed off, you can do one of four things. You can either say, fuck you, and go take a walk. Yes. Begin drinking. <laughs> no. Go yes. smoke a joint. Or you can jack off. All four of those things will put you in a better state of mind and you won't be as pissed off anymore. And the fourth one gives you a Popeye grip. <laughs> You laughed! Yeah, that was actually a good one. Where'd you steal it from? I did not steal it. I swear to Christ, I just made that up off the top of my head. Sure. Anyway. Actually, I, I kind of pulled it off of the whole Quagmire internet porn thing. Oh yeah, that was a funny episode. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's basically all I've got for this week. So if you remember anything from this episode this week, uh, make sure you do your outlining and, and just to make sure you have that jump start on NaNoWriMo and beat your kids. This is Eldon KR saying I don't have cancer yet, so I'm not stopping. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to Season 3 of Banter Over Cigarette with your hosts, Eldon KR, Ben Weaver, and Kyle Gant. For more information and additional podcasts, please go to voacblogcast.wordpress.com. Banter Over Cigarette Season 3 was recorded in the year 2009, courtesy of Incendiary Media Podcasting. Intro music for Season 3 is Ill Business, provided with permission courtesy of local Indiana band Once a Friend. For more of their music, please go to myspace.com slash once a friend. Outro music for season three is Watersport, provided with permission courtesy of Liberty Leach from his 2007 album, The Trophy of the Elephant. For more of his music, please go to myspace.com slash Liberty Leach. Additional audio editing and sound effects provided by Dollar J. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend. We'd also appreciate it if you left feedback about the show. If you would like to leave feedback, you can always leave comments on the blog or leave us an iTunes review. You can also call our K7 voicemail line, which is 206-202-5624. Thank you for listening. And then never listen to the show again because you hate us so much.